0: Hello and welcome back. It is day 102, and today we will start in Joshua uh, chapter 5, verse 1 through 7, verse 15. All right. When all the Amorite kings West of the Jordan, and all the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan River so the people of Israel could cross, they lost heart and were paralyzed with fear because of them. Israel's re- reestablished covenant ceremonies at the time the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the second generation of Israelites." So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel at Gebetha Herathah. Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who left Egypt had all been circumcised, but none of those born after the Exodus. "...during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised, the Israelites had traveled into the wilderness for forty years until all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died. For they had disobeyed the Lord, and the Lord vowed He would not let them enter the land He had sworn to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua circumcised their sons, those who had grown up to take their father's place." For they had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. After all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. While the Israelites were camped at Gilgal on this plain plain, Our plains of Jericho, the celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month. The very next day they began to eat unleavened bread and roasted grain harvest from the land. No manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land, and and it was never seen again. So from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. The Lord's commander confronts joshua when joshua was near the town of jericho he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand joshua went up to him and demanded are you friend or foe neither one he replied i am the commander of the lord's army at this time joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence i am at your command joshua said what do you want your servant to do The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as as he was told. The fall of Jericho. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people who were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the men shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, March around the town and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horn as they marched. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priest with the horns, and some behind the ark with the priest continuing blowing the horns. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priest again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horns marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing the horn again. And again, the armed men marched both in front of the priest with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, they marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town, as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, "'Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared.' For she protected our spies. Do not take any of their things set apart for destruction, or you yourself will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, and iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. When the people heard the sound of the the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could, Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, Keep your promise, go to the prostitute's house and bring her out, along with all her family. The men who had been spies went into or went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all the other relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Then the Israelites burned the town and everything in it. Only things made from silver, gold, bronze, and iron were kept for the treasury of the Lord's house. So Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, and her relatives who were with her in the house because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua invoked the curse. May the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild the town of Jericho at the cost of his firstborn so he will lay its foundation at the cost of his youngest son he will set up its gates so the Lord was with Joshua and his reputation spared throughout the land are spread throughout the land Ai defeats the Israelites but Israel violated the institution about the things set apart from the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of the, these dedicated things. So the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimrah, son of Zorah, of the tribe of Judah. Joshua set some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai. East of Bethel, near Bethhaven. Beth when they returned, they told Joshua, There's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ea. Since there are so few of them, don't make all our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors went were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of event, and their courage melted away. Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads, and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content and stayed on the other side. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then... What will happen to the honor of your great name? But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why are you laying face down like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemy in defeat. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Get up. Command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow, for the things or for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. In the morning, you must present your slaves by tribes, and the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. The tribe must come forward with its clans, and the Lord will point out the guilty clan. That clan will come forward, and the Lord will point out the guilty family. Finally, each member of the guilty family come forward one by one. The one who has stolen what was set apart for destruction will himself be burned with fire along with everything he has, for he has broken the covenant of the Lord and has done a horrible thing in Israel. So now we turn to Luke chapter 15, 1 through 32. The parable of the lost sheep. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often come or came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them the story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he finds it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety-nine others who are righteous and haven't straight away. The Parable of the Lost Coin Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call on her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when every, even one sinner repents. Parable of the Lost Son To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them the story. A man who has two sons— the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this young son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in the wild living. About this t- about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the young man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The elder brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when the son of yours comes back after Squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead, and he has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So now we turn to Psalm 80. 1 1 through 16 sing praise to god or strength our strength sing to god of jacob sing beat the tambourine play the sweet lyre lyre and the harp blow the ram's horn at n- noon moon and again at full moon to call a festival for this is required by the decree of Israel. It is re- regulation of the God of Jacob. He made it a law of Israel when he attacked Egypt to set us free. I heard an own unknown voice say, Now I will take the load from your shoulders. I will free your hands from their heavy tasks. You cried to me in trouble, and I saved you. I answered out of the thundercloud and tested your faith when there was no water at Merib. Listen to me, O my people, why, while I give you stern warning. O Israel, if you would only listen to me, you must never have a foreigner, foreign god. You must not bow down before a false god. For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, opened your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. But no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel didn't want me around, so I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me, walking in my path. How quickly I would then subdue their enemies. How soon my hands would be upon their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before Him. They would be doomed forever. But I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. And now we go to Proverbs chapter 13. Verse 1. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. And again, we thank you for listening today. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hello, welcome back to day 132. And today we will be reading in 1 Samuel 12:1 1 through 1323. John Seven: one through 30. Psalm 108, one through 13. And Proverbs 15:4. First Samuel, twelve, one, thirteen, twenty-three. 13, 23. Samuel's farewell address. Then Samuel addressed all Israel, I have done as you asked and given you a king. Your king is now your leader. I stand here before you, an old gray haired man, and my son serve you. I've served as your leader from the time I was a boy to this very day. Now testify against me in the presence of the Lord and before his anointed one, whose ox or donkey have I stolen and have I ever cheated On any of you, have I ever oppressed you? Have I ever taken a bribe and perverted justice? Tell me, and I will make right whatever I've done wrong. Now they replied, you have never cheated or oppressed us, and you have never taken even a single bribe. The Lord and his anointed one are my witness today, Samuel declared, that my hands are clean. Yes, he is a witness, they replied. It was the Lord who anointed Moses and Aaron, Samuel continued. He brought your ancestors out of the land of Egypt. Now stand here quietly before the Lord as I remind you of all the great things the Lord has done for you and your ancestors. When the Israelites were in Egypt and cried out to the Lord, he sent Moses and Aaron to rescue them from Egypt and to bring them into the land, this land But the people soon forgot about the Lord, their God. So he handed them over to Sisera, the commander of Hazar's army, and also to the Philistines and to the king of Moab, who fought against them. Then they cried to the Lord again and confessed, We have sinned by turning away from the Lord and worshiping the images of Baal and Ashtaroth. But we will worship you. And you alone, if you rescue us from our enemies. Then the Lord sit in Gideon, Binded, be Jephthah, and Samuel to save you, and you lived in safety. But w- when you were afraid of Nasha, the king of Ammon, you came to me and said that you wanted a king to reign over you, even though the Lord, your God, was already your king. All right, here is the king you have chosen. You ask for him, and the Lord has granted your request. Now, if you fear and worship the Lord and listen to his voice, and if you don't rebel against the Lord's commands, then both you and your king will show that you you recognize the Lord as your God. But if you rebel against the Lord's commands and refuse to listen to him, then his hands will be as heavy upon you. As it was upon your ancestors. Now stand here and see the great thing the Lord is about to do. You know that it does not rain at this time of the year during the wheat harvest. I will ask the Lord to send thunder and rain today. Then you will realize how wicked you have been in asking the Lord for a king. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people were terrified of the Lord and of Samuel. Pray to the Lord your God for us, or we will die. They all said to Samuel, For now we have added to our sins by asking for a king. Don't be afraid. Samuel reassured them, You have certainly done wrong, but make sure now that you worship the Lord with all your heart, and don't turn back to your back on him. Don't go back to worshiping worthless idols that cannot help or rescue you. They are totally useless. The Lord will not abandon his people because they, that would dishonor his great name. For it has pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. As for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. And I will continue to teach you what is good and right but be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you, but if you continue to sin, you and your king will be swept away. Continued war with the Philistines. Samuel was 30 years old when he became king and reigned for 42 years. Samuel elected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sent the rest of the men home. He took 2,000 of the chosen men with him to Michmash and the hill country of Bethel. The other 1,000 went with Saul's son, Jonathan, to Geba in the land of Benjamin. Soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defeated the garrison of Philistine at Jeba. The news spread quickly among the Philistines, so Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land, saying, Hebrews, hear this, rise up in revolt. All Israel heard the news that Saul had destroyed the Philistines' garish at Geba, and that the Philistines now hated the Israelites more than ever. So the entire Israelite army was summoned to join Saul and Gilgal. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioters, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of Beth Evan. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves. Thickets, rocks, holes, and kistrons, some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilgad, Saul's disobedience and Samuel's rebuke. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel didn't or still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet him, or meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, What is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines and the Michmash ready for battle. So I said to the Philistines, The Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal. And I haven't even asked the Lord for help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Israel's military disadvantage. Samuel then left Gilgal and went on his way. But the rest of his troops went with Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gilba in the land of Benjamin. When Saul continued, the men who were still with him found only six, or with with him, he found only six hundred were left. Saul and Jonathan and the troops with them were staying at Geba in the land of Benjamin. The Philistines set up their camp at Michmash. Three raiding parties soon left the camp of Philistine. One went north toward Ophra in the land of Saul. Another went west to Bethron, and the third moved toward the border above the valley of Zebion, Zeben, Zebion, near the wilderness. There were no blacksmiths in the land of Israel in those days. The Philistines wouldn't allow them for fear. They would make swords and spears of the Hebrews so whenever the israelites needed to sharpen their plow shears picks axes and sickles they had to take them to the philistine blacksmith the charges were as follow a quarter of an ounce of silver for sharpening a plow shear or a pick an eighth of an ounce for sharpening an axe or making the point Of an axe goad. So at the day of the battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear except Saul and Jonathan. The pass as Michmash had meanwhile been secured by contingent of the Philistine army. So now we will turn to John. 7-1 through 30. Jesus and his brothers. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judah, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judah, where your followers can see your miracles you can't become famous if you hide like this if you can do such miracle things show yourself to the world for even his brothers didn't believe him jesus replied now is not the right time for me to go but you can go anytime the world can't hate you but it does hate me because i accuse it of doing evil you go on i'm not going to the festival because my time has not yet come after saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. Jesus teaches openly at the temple. But after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went, though secretly staying, out of public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued He's a good man, but others said he's nothing but a fraud who deserve or deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. So Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves. But a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Moses gave you the law, but none of you obey it in fact, you are trying to kill me. The crowd replied, you're demon-possessed. Who's trying to kill you? Jesus replied, I did one miracle on the Sabbath, and you were amazed. But you work on the Sabbath too? When you obey Moses' law of circumcision? Actually, this tradition of circumcision began with the with the patriots long before the law of Moses. For if the correct time of circumcising your son falls on the Sabbath, you go ahead and do it so as not to break the law of Moses. So why should you be angry with me for the healing of man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Is Jesus the Messiah? Some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other, isn't this man they are trying to kill? Or isn't this a man they're trying to kill? But here he is speaking in public, and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he is the Messiah? But how could he be? For we know where this man comes from. When the Messiah comes, he will simply appear. No one will know where he comes from. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, "Yes, you know me, and you know my own, or, and you know where I come from. But I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true, and you don't know him. But I know him because I come from him, and he sent me to you." Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had yet had not yet come. So now we go to Psalm 108, 1 through 13. My heart is confident in you, O oh God. No wonder I can sing your praises with all my heart. Wake up, lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is higher than the heavens. Your, un- your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Now rescue your beloved people and answer and save us by your power. God has promised us by the holiness. I will divide up Sheshem with joy. I will measure out the valley of Suleth, Gilead is mine and Manasseh too. Ephraim, my helmet, will produce my warriors. And Judah, my scepter will produce my kings. But Moab, my washbin, will become my servant. And I will wipe my feet on Edom and shout in triumph over Philistine. Who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will bring my victory on Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things, for he will trample down our foes. Now, Proverbs 15:4. Gentle words. Or a tree of life, a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hello, welcome back to day 132. And today we will be reading in First Samuel 12:1 through13:23, John 7. One through thirty, Psalm one oh eight, one through thirteen, and Proverbs fifteen, four. First Samuel twelve, one thirteen, twenty three. Samuel's, Samuel's farewell address. Then Samuel addressed all Israel. I have done as you asked and given you a king. Your king is now your leader. I stand here before you, an old gray-haired man, and my sons serve you. I've served as your leader from the time I was a boy to this very day. Now testify against me in the presence of the Lord and before his anointed one, whose ox or donkey have I stolen, and have I ever cheated on any of you? Have I ever oppressed you? Have I ever taken a bribe and perverted justice? Tell me, and I will make right whatever I've done wrong. Now they replied, You have never cheated or oppressed us, and you have never taken even a single bribe. The Lord and His anointed one are my witness today. Samuel declared that my hands are clean. Yes, he is a witness, they replied. It was the Lord who anointed Moses and Aaron, Samuel continued. He brought your ancestors out of the land of Egypt. Now stand here quietly before the Lord as I remind you of all the great things the Lord has done for you and your ancestors. When the Israelites were in Egypt and cried out to the Lord, he sent Moses and Aaron to rescue them from Egypt and to bring them into the land, this land. But the people soon forgot about the Lord, their God. So he handed them over to Sisera, the commander of Hazar's army, and also to the Philistines and to the king of Moab, who fought against them. Then they cried to the Lord again and confessed, We have sinned by turning away from the Lord and worshiping the images of Baal and Ashtaroth. But we will worship you. And you alone, if you rescue us from our enemies. Then the Lord sit in Gideon, Binded, be Jephthah, and Samuel to save you. And you lived in safety. But w- when you were afraid of Nasha, the king of Ammon, you came to me and said that you wanted a king to reign over you, even though the Lord your God was already your king. All right, here is the king you have chosen. You ask for him, and the Lord has granted your request. Now, if you fear and worship the Lord and listen to his voice, and if you don't rebel against the Lord's commands, then both you and your king will show that you you recognize the Lord as your God. But if you rebel against the Lord's commands and refuse to listen to him, then his hands will be as heavy upon you. As it was upon your ancestors. Now stand here and see the great thing the Lord is about to do. You know that it does not rain at this time of the year during the wheat harvest. I will ask the Lord to send thunder and rain today. Then you will realize how wicked you have been in asking the Lord for a king. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people were terrified of the Lord and of Samuel. Pray to the Lord your God for us, or we will die. They all said to Samuel, For now we have added to our sins by asking for a king. Don't be afraid. Samuel reassured them, You have certainly done wrong, but make sure now that you worship the Lord with all your heart, and don't turn back to your back on him. Don't go back to worshiping worthless idols that cannot help or rescue you. They are totally useless. The Lord will not abandon his people because they, that would dishonor his great name. For it has pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. As for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. And I will continue to teach you what is good and right but be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you, but if you continue to sin, you and your king will be swept away. Continued war with the Philistines. Samuel was 30 years old when he became king and reigned for 42 years. Samuel elected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sent the rest of the men home. He took 2,000 of the chosen men with him to Michmash and the hill country of Bethel. The other 1,000 went with Saul's son, Jonathan, to Geba in the land of Benjamin. Soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defeated the garrison of Philistine at Jeba. The news spread quickly among the Philistines, so Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land, saying, Hebrews, hear this, rise up in revolt. All Israel heard the news that Saul had destroyed the Philistines' garish at Geba, and that the Philistines now hated the Israelites more than ever. So the entire Israelite army was summoned to join Saul and Gilgal. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioters, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of beth Evan. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and kistrons. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilgad, Saul's disobedience and Samuel's rebuke. Meanwhile Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel didn't or still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet him or meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me And you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines and the Michmash ready for battle. So I said to the Philistines, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked the Lord for help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Israel's military disadvantage. Samuel then left Gilgal and went on his way. But the rest of his troops went with Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gilba in the land of Benjamin. When Saul continued, the men who were still with him found only six, or with, with him, he found only six hundred were left. Saul and Jonathan and the troops with them were staying at Geba in the land of Benjamin. The Philistines set up their camp at Michmash. Three raiding parties soon left the camp of Philistine. One went north toward Uphrah in the land of Saul. Another went west to Bethron, and the third moved toward the border above the valley of Zebion, Zebion, near the wilderness. There were no blacksmiths in the land of Israel in those days. The Philistines wouldn't allow them for fear. They would make swords and spears of the Hebrews. So whenever the Israelites needed to sharpen their plow shears, picks, axes, and sickles, they had to take them to the Philistine blacksmith. The charges were as follow. A quarter of an ounce of silver for sharpening a plow share or a pick. An eighth of an ounce for sharpening an axe or making the point. Of an axe goat. So at the day of the battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear except Saul and Jonathan. The pass as Michmash had meanwhile been secured by contingent of the Philistine army. So now we will turn to John. 7-1 through 30. Jesus and his brothers. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judah, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judah, where your followers can see your miracles you can't become famous if you hide like this if you can do such miracle things show yourself to the world for even his brothers didn't believe him jesus replied now is not the right time for me to go but you can go anytime the world can't hate you but it does hate me because i accuse it of doing evil you go on i'm not going to the festival because my time has not yet come after saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. Jesus teaches openly at the temple. But after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went, though secretly staying, out of public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued He's a good man, but others said he's nothing but a fraud who deserves or deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. So Jesus told them, my message is not my own, it comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves, but a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Moses gave you the law, but none of you obey it in fact, you are trying to kill me. The crowd replied, you're demon-possessed. Who's trying to kill you? Jesus replied, I did one miracle on the Sabbath, and you were amazed. But you work on the Sabbath too? When you obey Moses' law of circumcision? Actually, this tradition of circumcision began with the with the Patriots long before the law of Moses. For if the correct time of circumcising your son falls on the Sabbath, you go ahead and do it, so as not to break the law of Moses. So why should you be angry with me for the healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface, so you can judge correctly. Is Jesus the Messiah? Some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other, isn't this man they are trying to kill? Or isn't this a man they're trying to kill? But here he is speaking in public, and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he is the Messiah? But how could he be? For we know where this man comes from. When the Messiah comes, he will simply appear. No one will know where he comes from. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, "Yes, you know me, and you know my own, or, and you know where I come from. But I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true, and you don't know him. But I know him because I come from him, and he sent me to you." Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because. His time had yet had not yet come. So now we go to Psalm 108, 1 through 13. My heart is confident in you, O oh God. No wonder I can sing your praises with all my heart. Wake up, lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is higher than the heavens. Your, un- your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Now rescue your beloved people and answer and save us by your power. God has promised us by the holiness. I will divide up Sheshem with joy, I will measure out the valley of Suleth. Gilead is mine and Manasseh too. Ephraim, my helmet, will produce my warriors. And Judah, my scepter will produce my kings. But Moab, my washbin, will become my servant. And I will wipe my feet on Edom and shout in triumph over Philistine. Who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will bring my victory on Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things, for he will trample down our foes. Now, Proverbs 15:4. Gentle words. Are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, this is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.